We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is Tyrese Halliburton, and you're listening to Setting the Pace. Look, setting the pace with Alex and Fauci. Alex and Fauci, Alex and Alex. If I put our jacks in the paint, how you gonna stop me? How you gonna stop me? We can go head to head. Call out your top three. Call out your top three. Look at the switch from Buddy here. Now that boy got three. We got Holly Burton running point. This is a Benedict for the shot. If anybody gon' come in the post, then we got Miles Turner for the plot. Setting the pace, going to the top. Setting the pace, going to the top. This is your number one podcast. Sweeping every team. We gon' need a mop. Smooth. What is going on, Pacer Nation? Welcome back to another episode here of Setting the Pace. I'm your host, Alex Golden. No Fauci today, but joining me as he does frequently on the show is the one and only Red Bauer. Red, thanks so much for coming on, man. How are you? I'm not bad. Not bad. Down to nine digits so far, but uh, <laughs> doing doing okay. Let's uh, let's hope that this doesn't hold me back on the podcasting side of things like it does on like the general use of hands side of things. Yeah, yeah. Rhett was telling me beforehand what happened to his fingers here, and uh, you know, it, not not fun. An injury going back probably like ten years ago. So, you know, one of those things. It's uh, you know, we're we're wretch just like, man, I had to get this fixed. I gotta get it going. But we're here to talk about a very interesting topic. And this topic that we're gonna be talking about, DeAndre Ayton. Okay, so you're thinking, why in the world are the Pacers podcast people talking about DeAndre Ayton once again after the year Miles Turner had and what all went down with DeAndre Ayton in the playoffs? But I think it'd be great to go back and revisit Rhett, what happened with DeAndre Ayton. Your thoughts on what happened last year? Maybe, maybe give me your thoughts. Let's start this way. Let's start this way. Your initial reaction to when you heard the Pacers would be pursuing DeAndre Ayton last offseason. I I think I had multiple thoughts. First one was that they must not think Miles is going to stay. And if Miles isn't going to stay, I think it's a great decision because then you're getting a starter caliber big. 
Beyond that, though, in more like a macro sense, I thought it said a lot about how the Pacers were going about their business and the sort of change in mentality that comes with going out and giving somebody the biggest offer sheet in NBA history. Like, that is not something that the Pacers historically do. You'll remember, and I'm sure our fans all remember, the Pacers gave the Bucks a first-round pick in a couple seconds to take on Malcolm Brogdon in a deal that the Bucks did not want to sign him to because they didn't believe in restricted free agency. So like just outright going for it. I loved it. I loved the aggressiveness of it. I uh, had some reservations about miles versus Aiton and the contract difference there. But if miles wasn't going to stay put, get what you can get and go get a max player. Yeah. I, I think when I saw the name Deandre Aiton, I was thinking, man, this is a first overall pick of an NBA draft and he wants to come here. I, that, that excited me more than anything because the rumors were like the pace of interest, but then it was like Aiton wants to play with Tyrese Halliburton. I forget who said that exactly, but it, it was like reports out there that that's what he wanted to do. He wanted to play with Tyrese Halliburton. Might have been Brian Windhorst. Brian Windhorst was like all over this thing, if you guys remember last year. And I just kept thinking, what has taken so long? And that's honestly, the Kevin Durant situation took this thing into like a, a jail almost because it was like just locked up in, in terms of moves for everybody. So I was just a little bit on the edge of my seat waiting for a decision to be made because I was getting kind of tired of like this, we're stuck in limbo, what's going to happen? But to me, it made sense because I still feel like the type of center that DeAndre Ayton is when he's playing at his best would benefit someone like Tyrese Halliburton, a very good screener, a good roller, someone that could be a lob threat, a good rebounder, good rim protector as well. I just thought, okay, all these things that he brings to the table when he's playing at his best make a lot of sense. The contract, though, at the time, I wasn't worried about it. I think I should have probably thought long and hard about it and maybe didn't think long and hard enough about how impactful his max contract would be. But it also made me feel like the Pacers did not trust Miles Turner to stay healthy. It wasn't that they didn't believe in Miles as a player, but I think it was because they didn't believe Miles could stay healthy because of the amount of injuries that he had had up to this point. And I felt like Aiden had, even though he did suffer some injuries and he had a suspension that missed some games, when he played, he I mean, when he played, he... he not when he played, but when he was out there, he looked healthy for the most part. So I think that to me was a big reason why. So overall, I was ecstatic. I wanted DeAndre on this team very badly. I thought it made a lot of sense. But a year later, I am glad that, you know, fate turned out a different way for us, Rhett. Yeah, absolutely. And it was one of those things, I, and I have my stuff pulled up. I think my whole point was, do we need to give – Phoenix and out for not wanting to pay Aiton by not only giving them miles, but then also giving them assets on top of miles just so we can pay Aiton the max. Like that part didn't make a ton of sense to me. If we were just going to outright pay Aiton and still have miles on the roster. Sure. Because then you can use that asset in a different way. Uh, my exact tweet on June 30th was, I think miles can do more, but so can Aiton. Not a hundred percent confident that Aiton is going to be better than miles plus an extra 10 to 15 million in cap space over the next four years. And then getting Aiton would signal to me that a Miles extension wasn't happening and they and or they don't trust his health. And that changes the math a little bit. And I think all of that is still very, very true. Like, I think that played out almost exactly right. Like, is Miles and 10, 15 million in cap space better than Aiton right now? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Like, but is Aiton playing with next to Halliburton rather than on the Suns, an organization that just doesn't value him? better than what miles did maybe i don't know 
it's definitely a different skill set. And I think what you said about Aiton just being more of a traditional big man and being more of a lob threat and a better screen setter, uh, more physical on the glass and stuff like that is true. But I'm not sure if that would offset the different cost. And uh, I couldn't agree more that uh, things worked out for the better in the Pacers side of things. And it's going to be fascinating to see what happens with Aiden because it seems like they are just done with each other in Phoenix. Well, I wanted to say this because I still feel like Aiden would have had a very solid year here in Indiana if he would have been brought in here and the Suns didn't match it or they were able to work out some type of sign and trade for sure with Miles Turner. I do believe that Aiden potentially could have had an all-star level season being the number two guy. The problem is, do you want a center that is not Nikola Jokic, Joel Embiid, to be your number two option on your team? And I think at the end of the day, you really don't. And I think that's kind of what the problem was the whole time they had DeMontis Sabonis here. You can only go so far if those, those are your best type of players in their position. I think with how heavily driven the wing position is in today's NBA. While it's great to have good players on your roster and it's nice to pay them because that's the only way you're going to get them here. At the same time, it's not always the best way to win. So we saw Miles have a chip on his shoulder. I actually think that the DeAndre Ayton situation put a chip on Miles' shoulder. I think it gave Miles more of an edge this year. And maybe the Pacers thought in the back of their minds, which I don't want to give them too much credit for this, but in the back of their minds, hey, look, if Aiden doesn't match this, you know, we still got Miles under contract. We can figure that out later. Let's address what we have right now in front of us. But we like Miles. Miles likes Indiana. We think that Tyrese and Miles can be a good pair together. But, you know, there were some questions about how they would fit. But I think overall, the Pacers are like, look, if this doesn't motivate Miles and wake him up, then what will? And I think being in a contract year, you also have to put that into a effect here because Miles is playing for more than the Pacers. He's playing for himself. And I think at the end of the day, we got the best of both worlds. We got Miles that wants to be here, that loves playing with Tyrese Halliburton and looked incredible this season playing with him for the majority of the season. There's some games he didn't look great, but that's every game. I mean, that's every season. So I think you put that into comparison with the contract that they were able to work out. Not having to fork over a bunch of cash to keep him and not taking on a bad contract or taking on a, a mediocre deal to move off of him because his value was so low. I mean, the fact that Phoenix was so out on him and so it was Brooklyn and like all this stuff in terms of like three team talks and stuff like that, you felt like Miles was just like this bum center that nobody wanted. But he proved to be a top 10 center without a question this season. And as someone that has was very skeptical of Miles and what he could become, I've shut up. I've completely done a 180 on him. I think this is a young man that fits this roster moving forward. And unless there's a massive deal to get like a great wing in here, there's no reason to trade him. No, absolutely not. And I think like the, the optionality that Kevin Pritchard just keeps talking about is also the other part of it. Cause I would guess, I don't know how you feel. Maybe this is, I'm completely going off of absolutely nothing here, but I wonder if they went into this offseason planning on giving Aiton that max, or if it was supposed to be for miles bridges. And then that yeah. situation changed. So then they pivoted to Aiton, who was a worthy candidate and who they were already linked to in the uh, at the trade deadline through, I don't know if it was KOC or Windhorst or Mark Stein. Somebody like that said that they were there were talks. Uh, but that not going after Aiton and keeping Miles gave them the option to maybe do the Lakers trade that didn't come through. There were a whole lot of other reasons not to cave and go 
like you had to have DeAndre Ayton. And I think that that shows a restraint with the front office where it's like, hey, we're going to be aggressive, but we're also going to draw a line. We know what we want. We know how we value it, and we will not go above that. And then I also like they they believe I think they believed in Miles. I really do think that. And I think it it came down to whether they thought he would stay put. Mm-hmm. Like I, I, like I said, you got to get something for it. You can't let him walk away for nothing, which was the entire dialogue of the season until he extended. But I don't know. I'm, I'm glad it worked out the way it did. It's so so interesting to see like the sliding glass doors of like okay maybe the Suns just don't match and then we have Miles. Maybe we do trade Duarte Miles and a pick or something like that. What's mm-hmm. this team look like? I don't. It's so. Uh, your point about not having a center as your second best player and that kind of being the the thing with Sabonis is a point that I said for months, maybe mm-hmm. even years. Uh, obviously, <laughs> the Kings had a fantastic season and their team is is absolutely awesome to watch. But it'll be it'll be good to see the Pacers like sort of build a roster that doesn't involve Miles being the second best player on the team. Uh, mm. Kind of leaning into more of a, you know, Matherin and hopefully a wing from this uh, from this draft and building more of like a modern perimeter based team. And I'm just excited to see what that looks like and not have to worry about uh, whether a player is going to be played off the court in the playoffs. No, and I, and I think one of the things you have to look at too. It's just like you can go head to head and say that Miles is better than Domas or Domas is better than Miles. You can you can make the argument however you want. Yeah. That doesn't really matter. I think what matters more is who can fit into a lesser role better. And unfortunately I was, I was just flat flat out blinded by what Sabonis did with the ball in his hands that I was kind of like, well, he's a better player. So you obviously, obviously you got to keep him. But I think at the end of the day, we saw his limitations in the playoffs. And one thing that has frustrated me with Domas's game is that his inability to add that jump shot to it. I think that if he could have a consistent jumper, even an 18-footer, because they're leaving him wide open at that point. I I mean, if he could just add that to his arsenal, I mean, he's going to be a much more impactful player because if if you're going to play off the dribble handoffs and stuff, then okay, well, or or play up on him and let him roll. I mean, they weren't doing that. They were like, okay, we're just going to force the shooters to beat us on the switch, and we're going to make Domas shoot jumpers, and and he couldn't do it. And then he got killed on the glass by Kevon Looney. So... To me, it's just like, okay, as much as I like Sabonis and I root for Domas, there are limitations to his game. And I think that at the end of the day, you can make the same thing about, you can say the same thing about DeAndre Aiden. There are limitations to what he can do as a player. The same thing with Miles Turner. The biggest problem here is Sabonis is going to get paid eventually. Big money. DeAndre Aiden already got paid. Miles' big payday was basically a deal that worked for both sides to give him max money in a year where they had extra cap and couldn't do anything with it. And then comes back to like twenty two million for this year and twenty one the next or twenty one and twenty I forget what it is exactly but it is twenty point nine this year and nineteen point nine the year after okay yeah so basically twenty one twenty for the next two seasons which is just like that's incredible value for a center in today's NBA that can shoot the three and can be a rim protector and I think the Pacers lucked out very much so by getting the best version of Miles too because the, the Pacers were lucky that Miles didn't just say, look, you guys have treated me like dog crap for the past five years. I mean, if the, if I was a player, I, I don't think I could sit around here and just be this loyal to a, to a franchise after how many trade rumors I've been involved with. You know what I mean? So this guy right over my shoulder too, Jalen Brown, going to be dealing with a similar thing this yep, summer. Yep. And we'll see where he goes if they, if they decide to move off of him, but it's just like, come on. Like 
I just appreciate the loyalty and I appreciate the hunger to continue to get better. I mean, individually, yeah, you expect that from players in the NBA that are, are out to prove something, but they don't owe the Pacers anything. But, you know, he found a great, a great chemistry with this locker room. And I think it's really good. But let's go back to DeAndre in here now because the Phoenix Suns once again get eliminated in a horrible fashion, just completely blown out on their home court. And they had Kevin Durant this year, obviously, a big upgrade. No Chris Paul as he was injured. DeAndre Ayton did not play in this game because of a rib contusion. And a lot of people were kind of saying that DeAndre Ayton was playing soft. They were saying that this was a weak move by him to not play in this game and not play through the injury. And personally, for me, I don't necessarily agree with the last part. I do think that there were moments that he did look a little bit lackadaisical, Rhett. But I think at the end of the day, I still stand by this. I think DeAndre Ayton would benefit very much so from a, a change of scenery, not saying it has to be Indiana, but I think that there's got to be a change of scenery for him to get to get the best version of DeAndre Ayton because him and Monty Williams and that Phoenix team do not seem to be gelling whatsoever. Yeah, and it makes sense from – I first off, I hope that it's not Indy because then we would have to I, – I don't know. I guess it would be Miles and Buddy for Ayton and something. I don't know. I don't want to get into that. I'm, good with, even go I'm good with Miles staying here and not putting him in another trade rumor. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, I think that the change of scenery is something that a lot of people underestimate with these players, especially young guys. Like he's 24. Like that's, that's very, very young. And the Phoenix team is built in a certain way. It's kind of a weird, just like chemistry there with the whole, like, Hey, we don't think you're a max player. We're not going to pay you. Oh, but we'll match as soon as somebody else makes us like, I don't know. I just think I could mess with people's heads. And, uh, so I'm. I'm hopeful that he gets another start because I do think he's really, really good. I was I wouldn't have taken him number one overall, I don't think, in that draft because I again we talked about the big man part of things, but he's he's an excellent player when he like asserts himself. And even in a season where he was kind of down, he's 18 and 10 with two assists. Like mm -hmm. that's really good. That's a really, really good player. So I don't know. I I'm hoping that he can get a change of scenery just so we can see him bounce back and get to like the kind of player that we were hoping that he would be with Halliburton last uh, summer when we were uh, photoshopping him into Pacers jersey and imagining what an Aiton Halliburton pick and roll would look like because it was like there are things to be excited about with him but uh, ultimately like I said I'm I'm very glad that it worked out the way that it did even though there was some uncertainty there in the middle parts of it where we weren't sure if we were just gonna get a couple draft picks and. Uh, and, and not really see what was going to happen with that until 27, 29. Yeah, I, I will say this. The 2021 season for DeAndre Ayton, specifically the postseason, he looked great. I mean, that that Valley Oop dunk was incredible Yep, that he had for the game winner. And honestly, like I brought it up last year, but just watching him guard Giannis in the finals, it was a very tough task to ask a 22-year-old kid at that point that really hadn't had much playoff experience at all. So like that was his first experience of it was playing in the NBA like in the NBA playoffs that year, but like getting to the finals, like that's a lot to ask a guy for his first year in the playoffs. And so I was hoping it'd make him hungry. I was hoping he'd want to come back. But like look at this culture that's setting that's being set right now in Phoenix. Two times in a row, Devin Booker avoids the media. I, I get maybe the post game stuff, not wanting to talk to the media, whatever, but like your exit interview for the season, you can't even fest you can't even face the media at that point. Like, you know, you gotta be able to handle yourself more professionally if you are the best player of your team. You're the face of the franchise. You owe that to the reporters and the fans to come out there and say something to them. So 
there was reports, I forget, or not reports, but there was conversations that I heard on a podcast that, you know, Devin Booker used to eat into DeAndre Ayton and it would motivate him. We don't see that anymore. Monty Williams and DeAndre Ayton have a terrible relationship from everything we've heard about. And the body language from Ayton is just like, I'm, I'm just happy to be here. You know what I mean? Like, it's one of those things, like, I got my money. I'm in I'm in Phoenix. So that's why I think a chain of scenery would be good. Now, the only way that I could actually see the Pacers thinking about this is if they're able to get a wing elsewhere and Miles Turner is involved in that trade where they would have a hole at the center position. I, I don't necessarily think that they would do Miles plus Buddy for – for Aiden, I don't necessarily think the Pacers would do that, and I don't think the Suns would really like that fit because if they liked it that much, they would have just tried it last year, <laughs> in my opinion. And Buddy's on an expiring, and Miles is only there for like one more year, so you're really kind of putting yourself in a weird spot. So if the Pacers were to say, like, okay, maybe we can get a, a game-changing wing, like let's just throw it out there, obviously, like OG Ananobi, if that's the guy, they can get, but the Raptors are like, we want Miles Turner in, in return. Then do you try to make it a three-team deal where you're landing both OG and DeAndre Ayton, which sounds crazy, but to me, it's just like, is that's the only way I can see them doing this. Yeah, it's fascinating. I'm, I, I've, I love this offseason. I think there's going to be 20 completely different teams by the time October rolls around than what we're looking at right now. Yeah. So I completely agree with you, though. I don't think, I mean, I know there's been some some people that have talked about like, oh, they they definitely could still trade miles on this extension. They just kind of retained the asset, but as much as I don't know, it just feels like miles is a pacer. You know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. obviously he is the longest tenured pacer, but it just, I don't know. He's not just another player on the team. I feel like he really is a pacer, like in the midst of all these trade rumors, just putting his head down and working. He was telling us the whole time that he wanted to do something different. It almost always was followed up with a terrible game. So that didn't always look super great. And there were definitely times where I was like, dude, just please stop doing interviews and just go out and play basketball. But I mean, if he was right in the end, is it, is it the bad way? Is it a bad way to do it? I don't know. Um, but you know, it's just, I don't, I don't know. I, I have a really hard time seeing what the moves could be where bringing in Aiton makes sense. And so I don't even really want to consider that because I think there are a lot of other teams in the league that should be interested in Aiton. Like, you yeah. know, Charlotte's going to try to be good. So, like, they'll probably – they'll look at it. Detroit likes their big men. They might go for it. Toronto's got so many changing pieces, and Phoenix needs some extra wings, which we know Toronto has a ton of. Like, Chris Paul might be on the move, maybe Dallas. Like, there's just – there's a ton of teams that are looking for – upgrades and i think Aiton is an upgrade for at least 15 teams in the league maybe he's not worth his salary so maybe that changes the market like we've seen with john collins who is probably an upgrade on talent but it's just, it's just the salary makes things difficult and the player fit but deandre Aiton is an above average center in the nba and there will be a market for him i am just kind of glad that the pacers don't have to worry about a carousel at center anymore until yeah. they draft another one here in uh, the late first round of the draft this year. <laughs> Let's not talk about that. Um, <laughs> what about Chicago? This is a team that yep. I think could make sense because we know that Nikola Vucevic is an unrestricted free agent. Obviously, it would probably take a sign and trade of Vooch to Phoenix for DeAndre Ayton. Do you like that idea? No, I don't think Vooch does what Phoenix needs. They 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 need more of a Miles Turner. They need a 
like Clint Capella. I was throwing this around with my cousin uh, last night. I was like, Clint Capella would be my target if I was Phoenix. Just a defensive rim running, low usage, mm-hmm. decently low salary. Like they just can't. Uh, I just wouldn't want to be in the Vooch business past this this next contract unless it's at a pretty significant discount. Yeah. But uh, it's, it is hard to go through the league and be like, hey, who has an extra center that they want to give up? Like that's just not that's not yeah. an easy ask. Well, yeah, Minnesota does, but they'd probably don't <laughs> don't want to deal with that. No, I don't. I don't think that uh, Phoenix wants anything to do with Rudy Gobert or Carl no. Towns at this point. No. So, I do like the I do like the Clint Capella potential trade there. The only know. thing with that though is Anyeka Okongwu would be stepping up to take the starting spot. I don't think they would want Aiton in that regard. So then it'd be a third team getting involved in Aiton, and now we're just way off the rails. Yeah, that's interesting though for sure. I don't, I don't know. I, I like you said, it's going to be very interesting to see what happens in the off season. But yeah, I just feel like to me, just want to circle back to the Pacers going after Aiden last year because I was so in on it, and I know there were some people that had reservation, and I know people were really excited about it too. But I don't think that that was a bad thing for the Pacers to go after him. I think it was a smart move because first and foremost, you're showing your franchise player that hey, we're willing to spend money. Number two, you're showing your fans you're willing to spend money, and number three. The Phoenix Suns, it put them in a spot where they had to match at all costs because, you know, you kind of handicapped them with what they could do. And it kind of like dried up the trade market for DeAndre Ayton because now at this point for a whole year, he had to agree to the trade. Basically, there was like a trade clause or like a no trade clause in there unless he agreed to it. And they couldn't trade him until January anyway. So even if they didn't like the fit, they knew they'd have to at least deal with it for a year and then retain, which which we hate saying, but it is an asset. They have to retain that asset before you know, they can just lose it for nothing. And that's what we talked about forever with Turner this year, like you said earlier. So that that was the predicament they were in. But I think at the end of the day, the Pacers did a lot of good things by going after him. I just, I always wonder why they sent a, just a basic standard max contract to Aiden if they really wanted him. Why were there no, like, like percentage raises? Why were there no trade kickers? Why was there nothing else that would make it more difficult to trade him for the Pacers when they made this deal, because to me at that point, it felt like the Pacers weren't a hundred percent sold on this is what they wanted. Yeah. I don't know. There's a, there's a bunch of things that go into it. I I can't, I would, I would love to be a fly on the wall in that room to see what went into that decision-making where it was like, do we actually want to do this? Or do we want to make it, do we want to make them do it? Do like, are we good with this? But like I said, they drew a line in the sand. They offered the contract that they were good with and they didn't get, the guy that they offered it to. So like, okay, you didn't go out of your way to uh, get a guy that you, you wanted, but overpaid for. I, I don't know. It's just, it's so fun. I love this off season stuff, even though uh, the playoffs have been absolutely fantastic. Yeah. There, there's just been not some, for Phoenix. Yeah. I mean, yeah, poor Phoenix. And then New York, it looked kind of rough for them until game five it was a good bounce back win for them. Game five at home, which I kind of expected. Uh, we'll see what happens in game six. Obviously, we're recording this before that game takes place tonight in Miami. So we'll see what happens there. But, you know, you brought up a great point earlier about Miles Bridges because there was a lot of speculation about the Pacers' interest in Miles Bridges. And I think a lot of us were excited because, oh my gosh, they might actually go after a wing. And I think that the Pacers probably get annoyed that we hammer them so much because of that, because this was like their only move really that they could do in the offseason free agency wise to acquire one. And the guy totally just devalued himself by the horrible mistake that he made. And, you know, now he's going to deal with the suspension when the season starts. He didn't play at all last season. 
and he's still got his rights with Charlotte, I believe. So yep. we'll we'll see what happens there. But yeah, I just I I I do think that they might have had interest, but I wonder if they would have gave him a max offer sheet. Maybe not. I just, yeah. I, I'm just, I, you know, they said they do modeling and they have so many different pathways of like, if a, then B, then Z all the way through. And <laughs> yeah. then I just, I, I can't imagine that wouldn't be one of them. And then all of a sudden you have all this cap space. It's like, well, shoot, we're going to be aggressive. Let's go be aggressive and see what happens. And uh, that's just sort of, just sort of where, where it went. I don't know. It's just, it's so fun to think about those sort of things. Absolutely. Well, I don't think I have anything else to say about Aiden. I just feel like the best way to close it out is good player. Don't write him off too early. I feel like too many people do that nowadays. They're in the moment. Like I was laughing because DeAndre Aiden's comments at his exit interview today were pretty funny. I'm going to continue to play hard for Phoenix. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, whatever he was saying. And then I know Kevin O'Connell replied to one of them and just wrote LOL. You know, yeah, it might have been. Like, I would like to return to playing hard to Phoenix because yes. he didn't play very hard for some of those possessions. But it could be a message: Hey, give me a new coach as yeah. well, because yeah. I, I think that that could be in play for Phoenix. I don't know. It depends on what Devin Booker and Kevin Durant want. I think that's the bottom line. And Matt Ishbia is going to make that decision if he feels like Monty Williams is the right coach for them. But yeah, I just feel like that relationship, man, it just feels like it's totally busted. And I don't know where they go from here with that. But moving off of Aiton, I, I think it might be more challenging than people think just because a center position is something like we talked about. It's not a position of need unless you are one of those game-changing centers like a Jokic, like an Embiid. And other than that, I really don't think anybody's close to that tier. It, it's like the next best center. I honestly couldn't tell you who it is. I, I mean, we could have a long debate about it. Yeah. But, I, the the hard part is like okay, what team has something that Phoenix would want? Like that's yeah. that's always been the thing for me. It's like oh, OKC would want Aiden. It's like okay, does does Phoenix want to get back in the Dario Saric business? Like I don't think so. Yeah. <laughs> do they like? Do they want Jalen? I don't know. So you could Lou get into Dorf. that. I mean, I could see them wanting Lou Dort, but why would OKC? Then are you starting Bismack Biombo? Yeah, it's just it just gets the the second and third order effects of a of a deal like that is where things usually start to break down on the fake trade uh considerations but yeah i mean he's good he's good and he's young so like it, there's going to be a market but i do think that the center position and the money is going to make it tougher than people think yeah like you said the washington wizards could use a center i mean but what are they giving up you know what i mean kuzma and gafford yeah if kuzma doesn't sign there right or they could give up yeah. their pick their lottery pick <laughs> they wanted to give it up for brogdon last year <laughs> yeah, I can't believe that they decided to keep Johnny Johnny Davis over that. But anyway, other than that, I don't really have anything else to say about Aiton. Any final thoughts on Aiton before we close this out? Nope, not on Aiton, I don't think. I think Nikola Jokic is just better than people think he is, which is crazy for a guy that won two MVPs and maybe should have won another this year. Like, yeah. he made Aiton look bad, but that isn't really a discredit on Aiton as much as I think people are thinking of. He's just an incredible basketball player, and I am very excited to see him. I might even make it to a game. Even the, oh, this, yeah. through this conference finals, me and my Coloridian uh, transplant. But uh, yeah, no, I'm just I I love this playoff basketball stuff. I can't wait for the Pacers to be in it next year. All right, I'm gonna put you on the spot. Give me your finals prediction. Who who is it? Uh, Celtics Nuggets. Yep, that's kind of how I feel right now too. Yeah. Um, I'm in a group chat with my friends, and I said I would love to see 76ers versus Nuggets in the finals to get seven games of Jokic versus Embiid. 
just so we can finally see these two powerhouses play against each other. Because the moment we do, the next time they play, and B doesn't usually play. So it's like... They're going to take games off in the finals. Yeah, well, I won at home, so I don't need to play the next one. I got my MVP in the ballot, you know. It's like, come on, man. Like, it's just, uh, I think that'd be a super fun series. But I I do think Boston getting game six last night was huge for them. I I don't think New York or Miami will be able to take down Boston in seven. Uh, we'll see. I think Miami could be a challenging team, but I, I don't know. I don't really don't want to see Miami versus Denver in the championship game. I just or championship series. I don't think that Miami has enough to hang with the Nuggets. But I would be interested in seeing. I'm interested in both series, honestly, whether it's Lakers Nuggets or Warriors Nuggets, because I think that both teams prevent really interesting challenges for both teams. Yeah, I, I don't. I... I don't want the Sixers to win. I don't. I don't like Embiid. I don't like Harden. I don't like Doc. Like I just. Sorry, but uh, I agree so with you on that. I don't like the Sixers team at all. They're my least yeah. favorite team, probably left in the yeah. NBA playoffs. But for that narrative, that's the only reason why I want to see it. Anyway, sorry. I do, I don't really want to see it still, even though the narrative <laughs> would be uh, just the worst. But I I do think the West playoffs is just going to be awesome. Like, I don't know what the heck's going to happen between Lakers, Warriors, but then whichever one presents a completely, completely different issue for Denver. But I think the Lakers have a better chance of beating them. I just don't know if the Lakers have a good chance of beating the Warriors, which is weird how that works. But yeah, um, yeah, fun, fun stuff for sure. Absolutely. Well, you guys can find Rhett where at on social media. At Rhett underscore Bauer. Uh, I've got, I have a new pinned tweet that goes to my link tree, I think it is, where I've got mm. all my podcast stuff, all my written stuff, all my fantasy stuff, all the pretty much everything. So I'm trying to put everything in one spot and just in case Twitter decides to blow up. But uh, yeah, you can check out all my stuff on Twitter and then go into my link tree and see what's up. Absolutely. Make sure you guys give Rhett a follow if you aren't already, because Pacer fans, I'm telling you, if you're not following Rhett, you're not doing yourself justice. So uh, you can follow us on setting the uh, on Twitter at setting the pace three on Instagram at Pacers Talk. I'm at Alex Golden NBA. Flatchies at underscore F A C C I on Facebook and TikTok at setting the pace. And if you guys haven't already, subscribe to the YouTube channel at YouTube.com/slash setting the pace a Pacers podcast. And with that being said, Rhett, if you're hoping the Pacers win the draft lottery on Tuesday night, then hit me with those three words: Wimbenyama. Setting the pace, going to the top. Setting the pace, going to the top. This is your number one podcast. Sweeping everything.